Good evening. Let's be ready in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Reading just the first few chapters in 1 Corinthians, we have a very good picture of how bad it was in that local church. And I'm not talking about their physical location, their building, their meeting place, and not just about the culture in Corinth. Their relationships with each other and their relationship with God, that's where the problem was located. How they were acting, what they were doing, what they were saying, what their assemblies were like, hearts misdirected away from God's truth. It was a scene of division and disorder, and it was expressive of immaturity that needed to be exposed and corrected urgently. And part of Paul's exposure of the problem in the local church at Corinth had to do with what he called a fleshly mind or in some translations, a carnal mind. And we're going to learn about that more this evening in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. I believe it will help us be diligent to be spiritually minded people who are motivated by our love for God and our obedient trust in Jesus Christ. Here's what I'd like to do to begin our time together tonight. I want to read the passage from the English Standard Version, 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 4, and then I'm going to read it again from the New King James. There is a very slight difference that pertains to our theme tonight, and so I want to read this from both translations. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 4. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? Same passage, New King James. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you were still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, 
and another, I am of Apollos. Are you not carnal? So we have a key expression here in this opening paragraph in 1 Corinthians 3. English Standard Version, people of the flesh, the New King James, carnal. Now, the work we need to do is to look carefully into this paragraph, and the paragraph will tell us what this is all about, what it meant in that Corinthian situation, and then what we need to learn about this today. So I've prepared some highlights from 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that will help us understand what it means to have a carnal mind and therefore avoid that mindset. Number one, whatever it means to be carnal, it influences how you are taught. I want you to listen again to the first two verses. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, you were not yet ready. So I want us to think about this, this aspect of having a carnal mind. When a writer composes, he must take into account the reader's level of understanding and attitude. When a speaker addresses an audience, he must consider their ability to receive what is spoken. A school teacher, for example, cannot teach high school level material to first grade students, though there may be some rare exceptions to that. Generally speaking, curriculums reflect levels of understanding. The Apostle Paul wanted to write a letter to spiritually mature people. But instead, he was writing to babes in Christ, or in the English Standard Version, infants in Christ. Now, that tells us something significant about what it means to be carnal, or people of the flesh. If we are carnally minded, or people of the flesh, that affects how we are taught. It affects what level of instruction we have the capacity to receive. It doesn't mean that we're completely unteachable. It doesn't mean we are mentally or intellectually deficient. But those who teach us, or those who write to us, must teach down to us if we have this carnal attitude, this infantile attitude that Paul identifies here. And so these attitudes were present in Corinth, and that influenced what Paul said to them and how he said these things to them. If we are carnal, it can be said we are not up to spiritual grade level. And so our teachers address us, not as they would like, but as they need to address us because of our level. Verse 1, I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. 
Now, let's talk about that infant reference in our text, that infant status. All of us started out there. All of us started out as new Christians, as infants in one sense or another. That was our condition right after we were born into God's family. There was a newness about that. And there may be levels of understanding that some have upon their baptism that others do not have. But we just entered the family. And there is a newness about that. So really it can be said that nobody can skip over the infantile level altogether. The problem is to remain infants. So what we're talking about here is not growing, having all you need from God to grow strong and to be nourished and thrive and keep your attitude adjusted, but you're not growing. To remain in infancy is carnal, it is fleshly, it is not spiritually minded, and none of us want to be as those people Paul addressed. None of us want to be carnal. The message for Christians today, new and old, is be certain you are using what God provides to grow stronger, to do better, to reach greater heights. Otherwise, where growth is stagnant, there is the approach of spiritual death if that lack of growth isn't addressed. Growth in the New Testament is about both knowledge and behavior. The ability to learn and acquire knowledge is not complete growth. Once knowledge is acquired, it must be applied in real life. Knowledge not applied does not equal growth. Knowledge not applied is actually a form of ignorance. So, being carnal or fleshly minded influences how we are taught. Number two, whatever it means to be carnal, it evidences a failure to thrive. So let's approach it that way for a moment. Again, chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you were not yet ready. Notice in verse 2, the distinction between milk and solid food, and that rings a familiar bell with all of us. Because we don't bring our babies home from the hospital and feed them steak. In this passage, the word milk in verse 2 is associated with babes or infants in verse 1. It is like Paul is saying, I had hoped I could write a letter to spiritually mature people who are thriving and growing and learning and wanting to do more and do better. But no, it turns out I'm still writing to babes in Christ. 
I tell you, there is a phrase that signals a dangerous situation today. Whether you're talking about physical or spiritual health. And that's failure to thrive. Many years ago, Paul and I were licensed foster parents in the state of Kansas. And we took children into our home. And often the record would show that diagnosis. Failure to thrive. These children, who by the way were innocent of anything, these children were not growing and learning and becoming healthier because of the environment they came from. It was like they, they were stuck at a certain level due to the disorder and the abuse in the homes they came from or the neglect. It was sad. And failure to thrive required immediate attention. And in many cases, lifelong attention. There are Christians about whom this can be said, sadly. They've been Christians for many years. They have attended assemblies, maybe not Bible classes, but assemblies. They have a copy of the Bible. They have the capacity to read and learn, and they apply that capacity in other secular areas. They have teachers. They have opportunities they have time and needs and resources. But they never seem to begin to thrive, to come alive, to get involved, and be zealous and mature disciples of Christ. A failure to thrive and be a zealous, active disciple is a signal. It is a signal to repent of that lack of growth and get involved and do better. So already we're beginning to see what the text is telling us about being carnal. If speakers, teachers, and writers are disappointed that they cannot feed you solid food, if you're not really growing, if you're stuck, if you're not thriving, the word carnal fits. Look at Paul's statement to them in verse 3 and listen to his Righteous impatience, for you are still carnal. You can almost hear Paul saying, when will you grow up? The word carnal or fleshly may involve a variety of sins of the flesh, but not necessarily. It can be just an absence of growth. One may not drink. One may not be involved in sexual sin. One may not be Guilty of malice, just not growing at the rate they should be growing, not thriving spiritually, weak spiritually, like those in the church at Corinth. So whatever it means to be carnal, it produces immature actions and results. Verse 3. For you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? Well, what Paul says here we immediately recognize is not good. Envy, jealousy, zeal for your personal cause. 
that resents the success or the praise of others, an agitated passion against the other side, strife, affection for conflict. In fact, an interest in adding fuel to contention. That's never good. The New King James says divisions, quarrels that split people apart where there is bitterness and mutual recriminations and reproaches. Just doesn't sound good. We don't want to be there. We don't want to think this way. This helps us understand what it means to be carnal. Immaturity that finds expression in these ugly, destructive displays of envy, strife, divisions. Perhaps, perhaps we see this illustrated dynamically not only in religion, but in politics and in office workplaces or in families. Selfish attitudes allowed to come to the surface forming rivalries and resentments. When you see that, it doesn't come from the mind of a servant of Christ. If we see any of that in our thinking, we must never tolerate it. Once we identify it, we must never excuse it, we must never feed it, we must reject it. If, therefore, Teachers cannot take you deep into the word if you're not growing, if you are involved, even if just inside your mind with envy, strife, and division, you're not spiritually minded, but carnally minded. We need to guard against everything that we've studied here in 1 Corinthians 3. Paul said in another passage in Romans 8 and verse 6, to be carnally minded is death. Now that's a signal. To be carnally minded is death. This passage describes what I hope we don't ever want to be. Attitudes we never want to feed. Fourth, whatever it means to be carnal, it tends to show up in alignment with men, alignment with groups or people. In verse 4, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? I've always read this, and I've tried to picture this in my mind, this division in the church at Corinth. I suppose my vision of this is pretty elementary. It's pretty superficial. Nevertheless, I see a group of people over in one corner and they're holding up a banner with the name of their person, their man. And then opposite them in another corner, they're shouting against that first group and they're holding up their sign, their banner, celebrating their man. Now, I don't know if that's exactly the optics of the situation, but I believe that's exactly what it was like in their attitudes, in their treatment of people, in the minds and conduct of those Corinthians. They were divided according to their preference for some man. Paul said, he wanted to be very clear, Paul said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. 
Don't go over into a little group and call my name. Don't put my name on a sign. I don't want to have anything to do with that. There is no place for competitive conflict. There's no place for it in the kingdom. And as far as loyalty is concerned, Christ should have our loyalty. It is carnal, it is fleshly, worldly, ungodly to rally around some man in some vain attempt to find unity through some human party leader. Paul says, when some of you claim my name and others claim the name of Apollos and others Simon Peter, are you not carnal? fleshly people. And we need to hear Paul. I mean, all of us today need to hear Paul speak this rebuke against division and loyalty to men. It speaks to an utterly wrong perspective when we align ourselves with men. It is carnal. It is fleshly. <clears throat> Listen again. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not yet ready, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh? and behaving only in a human way. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So, the paragraph tells us what it means to be carnal. It affects how you are taught. It evidences a failure to thrive it produces ugly, immature actions and results. It tends to align you with men rather than Christ. If I see any of this in my attitude and action, the way to move ahead is found in repentance and commitment to personal spiritual growth. One cannot grow just by hanging around Christians. Though I think you ought to hang around Christians. One cannot grow through simply attending services, though I believe we should. One cannot grow until one decides to grow. And then if growth becomes a failure to thrive in the wrong direction, the only way to turn that around is to decide again, I'm going to grow. When carnality becomes clear to us and distasteful to us, we can move beyond it. When Christ is the object of our loyalty, when Bible reading and study is our nourishment accompanied by prayer and self-examination, we're going to reject envy, strife, divisions. We are in position when we open this book and live by it to really be the people God wants us 
to be. I want you to listen to this and I'll close. Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Psalms 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Let's be standing as we sing.